Welcome to HCMA Off the Record, your behind-the-scenes look and listen into the world of emergency management. This podcast is brought to you by Muriel Bowser, Mayor of Washington, D.C., and the District of Columbia Homeland Security and Emergency Management Agency. From preparedness tips to intra-agency coordination to advice from the men and women responsible for protecting the district, HCMA Off the Record shares it all. Whether you're an EM nerd like us or learning about emergency management for the first time, come along for the ride. Thanks for tuning in to HCMA Off the Record, and welcome to our first threat and hazard-focused episode. My name is Rebecca, and I'm one of your co-hosts here. Black Friday is behind us, but holiday shopping has only just begun. Many of us will be online shopping, which presents a risk for the release of private information. We know that many of you have a lot on your plates during this busy time of year, so we're here to help you prepare for holiday cyber safety. Today, we'll be discussing threats and trends that are more prevalent during the holidays and steps you can take to mitigate these risks. Joining me today is Jesse, one of our cyber analysts in the District's Fusion Center, the ENTIC. And for those of you tuning in for the first time, that's the National Capital Region Threat Intelligence Consortium. Hey, Jesse, thanks for coming in today. How was your Thanksgiving? Oh, it was great, Rebecca. Thanks for asking. Awesome. Um, so I don't know about you, but personally, I spent some of my weekend Black Friday shopping um, and even ordered quite a few things online. I try to be good about cyber safety, but I'm not always 100% sure about the risks we face. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about how cyber crimes um, look in the holiday seasons and compared to, you know, the other seasons and times of year? Sure. Well, I'll tell you that you're not the only one who uh, spent this Black Friday weekend, certainly. Uh, I think uh, the reports are in and over $11.6 billion were actually spent in the two days, Thanksgiving and Black Friday today. So that's kind of record spending for Americans this year. Um, to be expected. But yeah, great question. Holidays essentially offer a much greater threat surface for any attackers or hackers because so many people are logging in online and using the internet to purchase things during the holiday season. So uh, the sheer amount of data being exchanged, so that's names, addresses, credit card numbers, all this is very attractive to hackers and they make every effort to capture as much of this information as they can. So to do this, they might trick internet users with legitimate looking emails or websites that are maybe holiday themed. Hmm. So during this season, you might receive an email or even a text message that looks like you know, masquerading as a shipping notification or a receipt for something you bought, or it may look like an e-card or a charity donation request. These messages might include links that direct you to a website that looks like one you've used for shopping before, but it's actually a malicious copy of that website. So these are called phishing websites. Oh, wow. If you accidentally put your name or password into one of these sites, your credentials get sent directly to a, to a hacker. And if the password that got stolen there is the same password as one you've used elsewhere, now you've got an even bigger problem. But we'll talk about that a little bit more later. So uh, to kind of just a, a broad you know, um, I guess technique to, to make sure that you're protected this holiday season, make a habit out of double checking URLs that you go to. So if you go to a URL that has an O in it, make sure that's not actually a zero, you know, because that's called typo squatting. You can sort of, uh, hackers can change the um, text of a website and actually make it look legitimate. And, you know, you might be fooled by that. 
Also, don't click on any links or open attachments in emails from unknown sources because just one wrong click can result in the compromise of your computer, your information, and identity. So the bottom line here is during the holiday season, make sure, make sure you're doing business with a reputable vendor. Oh, wow. Well, thanks for that rundown. Uh, definitely lots of good things to keep in mind while shopping online. Um, so can you share with us uh, what are some of the th- cyber threats we should worry about when shopping in person or honestly, even online? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you're shopping in person, let's say, um, or even just traveling during the holidays, one threat is, believe it or not, public Wi-Fi hotspots. So it's very easy for hackers to view data transmitted across unsecured Wi-Fi networks. So these networks exist in places like hotels, coffee shops, or airports. They usually offer them for free. Stay off of these networks. It's very easy for attackers to create basically fraudulent or decoy Wi-Fi hotspots and name them something like coffee shop free Wi-Fi. Oh, wow. So any data you send through this network could end up stolen. So to avoid connecting to these networks or networks that your phone or your computer is not, you know, accustomed to connecting to, set your device's Wi-Fi settings to ask you before joining new or unknown networks. Um, Another item to watch out for shopping in person is actually tampered gift cards. So criminals often try to steal serial numbers and pins from gift card from gift cards before customers purchase them off the rack in a store, let's say. So this way, criminals can quickly drain any amounts that buyers load onto them upon activation. What they'll do is they'll scratch the protective coating off the back of the card, steal the numbers, and replace the coating with tape they bought cheaply online. It's it's a wild world. Oh, wow. I, I would have never <laughs> known people could do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it happens. So, so what you need to do is carefully check a gift card before purchasing it if you're going to give a gift card. So look for any evidence of physical tampering. Um, it, it might be better just to you know av- avoid it and, and order a gift card online directly from the distributor. And if you receive a gift card, try to use it as quickly as possible to avoid loss or theft if that should happen. Um, also, just kind of a... Uh, general advice for shopping online. This is online and in person. Um, use a credit card. Don't use a debit card because if your payment card numbers are stolen or compromised, using a credit card can actually limit your liability for those fraudulent charges. So debit cards don't usually afford those same protections. Any charges that are fraudulently incurred on a debit card will be withdrawn directly from your bank account. That's your money, not the credit card's money. <laughs> so uh, these charges can take up to 60 days to reverse. As far as online cyber threats go, I mentioned fake websites and phishing emails. There's another threat you might want to be aware of, and that is the threat of online digital skimming. So this is basically the stealing of any information that a customer enters into a website. It sounds scary. Um, Basically, profit-motivated cyber crime groups, these groups are known as mage cart groups, inject malicious code into e-commerce websites to steal payment card information from online shoppers. So signs that a legitimate website may actually be compromised by a digital skimmer may include being asked, the customer might be asked twice to enter payment information or login information or be prompted to enter payment card details before being forwarded to an actual secure payment service provider. So basically, you know, sometimes actually though there are, there are no ways to know whether a website is compromised by a digital skimmer. So no matter where you shop, whether that's online or in person, it's always a good idea to monitor your bank account statements very closely for unauthorized charges or suspicious activity. Another threat, I uh, may not be considered quite a cyber threat per se, but it's something to be aware of anyway, and that's something called dark patterns. 
More and more companies are using these, and they're essentially confusing or misleading website designs that deceive customers into purchasing additional items or subscribing to unwanted services or even surrendering personal information. So this holiday season, slow down, read the fine print, and double-check your checkout details and the charges to avoid being subjected to hidden, hidden costs or unwanted marketing communications. You know, you, you offered, I mean, some great tips and things to think about, but one of the big things I think you pointed out is taking the time to slow down. You know, we're so quick to get that sale and that next purchase, so That's definitely right. a good thing for our listeners to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the other things that I've seen, you know, kind of online um, are lots of exchanges and charities floating around on Facebook, and, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to pay it forward and be charitable this season, um, but I also want to make sure that I, you know, and our listeners don't get taken advantage of or, you know, give out personal information to the wrong person. Um, so how can we tell what online is actual holiday philanthropy, you know, versus scam that a hacker or criminal set up? For sure. Great question. So firstly, you want to be skeptical of any request or solicitation that's associated with, you know, a sad personal stories that lack basically a clear explanation of who's going to receive the funds that uh, people who donate will give and how that donation will actually be used. Um, Also, since scammers try to masquerade as well-established charity organizations, they copy logos or use similar names in online or printed correspondence. So here, you know, you really need to carefully scrutinize the identity of those soliciting uh, donations or the organization running the charity. And uh, a huge red flag is if donations are ever requested in the form of wire transfers, gift cards, cash, or material items. This is... uh, usually this can indicate that you might be dealing with some sort of scam attempt. Um, Again, if you do decide to donate to a legitimate cause, uh, use a credit card, not a debit card, so that those charges can be easily reversed if you suspect fraud later on. Um, There is one more holiday sort of scam that we've seen floating around recently that I'll discuss very briefly. This is called the Secret Sister Gift Exchange. Have you heard of this? Yeah, you know, I've seen a couple of them posted on Facebook and, you know, some other places. Yeah, so so this is uh, basically a type of scam primarily targeting targeting female Facebook users this holiday season. Uh, perpetrators use the guise of an innocent holiday gift exchange to steal personal information from participants. So what you might receive is an invitation to add your name and address to a list and send one gift valued at $10 to another participant in exchange for receiving up to 36 gifts from other participants. So it sounds nice, but it's it's basically a pyramid scheme. Um, Those who give gifts rarely see any gifts in return, but more importantly, anyone who surrenders their name and address on this list may expose themselves to future fraudulent activity and identity theft even when their personal information ends up in the possession of the criminals perpetrating these scams. So watch out for those this season. The goal is always is to avoid being taken advantage of or having your personal information or financial details compromised or stolen. Oh, man, you know, lots to think about, you know, as we kind of push through the holiday season. Um, You know, I'm definitely going to try to be more aware and vigilant um, when sharing personal information and making purchases, Um, you know, but what does it actually mean if I have my online information compromised? You know, what are some possible effects of that and what can people expect um, to know that, you know, that has happened to them? Mm -hmm. Yeah. When we talk about the compromise of information, we're usually referring to what is ostensibly the unwanted exposure of personal information to an unauthorized third party. So when we buy something online or log into a website, that information that we enter into that site is stored in a database on a computer or some server in some part of the world. When that information is accessed by someone who is not you, 
without proper authorization or a need to know, the integrity of that database or information stored within that database is considered compromised. So the information could be something as simple and common as your own name, which, geez, probably occurs, you know, appears online many times. Um, but, you know, it might also include other bits of data, such as your birth date or your home address, your email address, a password, um, your banking details, your social security number, etc. So the thing is here, with even just a couple data points, attackers can string together other information that allows them to wage pretty convincing campaigns that can trick you uh, and steal more information or money from you. So, um, you know, obviously, if your, let's say your payment card details are compromised, well, Obviously, here you can suspect that the card that's compromised will be used for fraudulent purchases at some point. If something like your name, your birth date, or your social security number is compromised, uh, it's a bit bigger of a concern that, and that that's identity theft. Yeah. So in this scenario, attackers can open l- new lines of credit in your name, or basically obtain any other benefits by pretending to be you. That's never fun. Um, no, some, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a good holiday if that happens to you. Because someone can basically make huge purchases under your name and leave you liable for the charge. And, of course, the damaged credit, cor- damaged credit score that comes with that. Yeah. Um, even items like answers to security challenge questions should be protected, protected against compromise. These are questions like, you know, you've, you probably answered these. What was the make and model of your first car? Or what's your favorite pet's name? Yep. Stuff like this. So if, if these answers are compromised, that could even allow an attacker to open new accounts in your name or bypass account security features to gain access to other online services that you use. Um, so, you know, it's tough to combat this because once your information's out there, it's out there, unfortunately. Um, if you use the internet, hear me out, you should assume that your information has been or will be compromised at some point. Now that's a scary I, statement. <laughs> I know that's scary. It's a sad reality, but that's that's the world we live in. So that's why we recommend taking proactive steps to protect the integrity of your information and your identity. So this includes not keeping the same passwords for, this, for different accounts. Uh, limit the amount of information you share or offer up online, whether that's social media or entering it into... Uh, you know, re- uh, receive additional information from websites mm. or because basically the more informa- times your information appears out there, the more susceptible it might be to compromise. And three, one of the one of the best things you can do is actually uh, set up a credit freeze. By, and you can do this by contacting one of the major credit bureaus. Um, freezing your credit makes it harder for anyone to open an, an, a fraudulent account using your, your name or your social okay. security number. So that's what we recommend. That's an awesome tip. I honestly don't know that I would have ever thought of that on my own. <laughs> um, awesome. So, you know, with all of this information online and, you know, I know we've talked about a bunch of different things, but um, if you had to say, you know, what are your top three things that you would recommend for our listeners um, to do and follow in order to stay safe online and practice good cyber hygiene? Yeah. Um, top three. Let's see. For the everyday person, here are probably the easiest. Okay. The easiest to, to do. So the first one would be to um, to use and to get and use a password manager. So what this is going to allow you to do uh, is generate a secure password for each of your different accounts. So I talked about that a little bit earlier. Um, a secure password is something that's lengthy, something that's complex, and probably most importantly, unique. Um, so a password manager, you. There are many free solutions that you can get. 
Um, you can install them right in your browser or on your phone. It makes you don't have to remember a password basically ever again. You only have to remember one password to log into your password manager, but otherwise it manages the rest of them. Uh, makes makes it so that you don't have to remember any of these complex passwords, and you can use different ones across different uh, online services. The second um, recommendation I would make is to use two-factor authentication. Uh, this, um, if for those not familiar, this is basically when you log into a website, you can either get a text message confirming that you're logging in, or you might get an email or a phone call, or, or there are even apps that you can use, which we highly recommend using, that uh, can take care of the two-factor authentication process for you. So this way, if your accounts are hacked, if someone gets a hold of your email and password, at least you'll know about it because you might receive that second factor uh, trying to authenticate login into an account. Um, it basically offers one more hoop hackers have to overcome before they can gain access to your information. And the third tip is, as I mentioned before, don't open any emails from untrusted or unexpected sources. Um, sending emails or text messages with malicious URLs or attachments in them is still one of the easiest and most common methods for hackers to gain access to victims' computer and data. So watch out for that this holiday season as well. Awesome. Yeah, that uh, two-factor two authentication one's big. All my social media users out there, make sure you turn that on. Definitely. Um, great. So thanks for all this awesome um, information, great recommendations. Um, so is there w a way for our listeners to connect with the Entix Cyber Center to hear more and you know kind of get more tips and products? Yes, there sure is. Um, we have a great website at ncrintel.org slash cyber. And uh, it's on that website where we post our intelligence products, and we actually uh, provide a weekly blog post series, which we call Securing Our Communities. And these are basically uh, blog posts that alert the public on the latest scams or social engineering schemes to watch out for, and one of them comes out pretty much every week. Um, so uh, yeah, on our website, there's even an option to subscribe to receive our products as well. So feel free to check that out. Again, that's ncr. I-N-T-E-L dot org slash cyber. Awesome. We'll make sure to, to include that link in our blurb about this week's episode as well. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, Jesse. Thanks for having me, Rebecca. Awesome. So um, up next, um, we'll have Natalie join us. Um, she is an analyst in the Intix Public Safety Center. Um, Natalie, thanks for being here. Hey, Rebecca. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, definitely. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. It was good. Just stayed around with a couple friends. Awesome. Glad to hear it. Um, so I know we had Jesse kind of talk through some of our uh, cyber threats. Um, what can you kind of tell us about the, uh, you know, weather for this upcoming season from a, a physical perspective? So yeah, compared to some of the harsher winters we've had in the past, the uh, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration says that it should be a slightly warmer one, although there might be a little bit more precipitation. So we'd really recommend kind of stocking up on those outfits to keep warm, like having strong boots, a good coat, gloves, hat, a scarf, the whole shebang. And if you're out shopping for any of those, try to look for bright colors that con um, contrast with the snow. And in preparing for this winter weather, it's good to have an emergency in plan in place before anything unexpected hits. So you can go to ready.dc.gov to find some recommendations from HCMA. You can have some key supplies like a radio, flashlight, extra batteries, candles, having food and water on hand, 
first aid supplies, a heating system, and some snow removal like shovels. Although with all of this said, I want to reiterate, like the district snow team, they're very prepared and they're pros at responding to any winter weather and snow that ends up in the street. I would say for residents of DC, make sure to keep in mind that DC law requires resident and commercial property owners to remove snow and ice from the sidewalks around um, eight hours of daylight after a storm ends. Just make sure to keep your property clear so people can walk around and enjoy the winter. Awesome. Yeah, great tips there. Um, good to know about kind of, you know, what uh, the weather outlook should look like oh, for the yeah. winter and some great preparedness tips. Um, again, we'll include that ready.dc.gov link um, in our blurb for this week's episode. Um, so besides the cyber threats of, you know, online shopping, um, what should our listeners worry about or think about when out shopping at stores or ordering gifts for friends and loved ones? Yeah, so theft is the main crime to be concerned about around this season, especially if you're ordering things to be delivered. So if you're, say, getting something from Prime or an online retailer, definitely take time to consider the package safety. Doorstop package um, theft is a big concern. Like in 2017, a survey found that 25 million Americans reported a package being taken from in front of their houses. You can install a security camera to kind of keep an eye on what shows up or just make sure that someone is at home when you have the package um, delivered. Make sure someone can receive it. And if you aren't able to do that, if everyone's kind of out at work, you can, maybe if you're ordering from Prime, have it sent to an Amazon locker where it will be held for a few days or otherwise, like um, get in contact with USPS and they'll let you hold packages at their facilities for about 30 or so days. That's great. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a wonderful option. And I guess if you're going out shopping, too, and you're driving out there, um, double check to make sure that your doors are locked and you actually have your keys on hand. And look through your windows, kind of make sure nothing too big, too glamorous or valuable is left out on the seats to mitigate that risk of being targeted. And, you know, we do live in a pretty big city and the stores can get pretty crowded. So just kind of practice awareness when you're out and about. Maybe keep your purse closed, keep it in front of you and maintain self-awareness to um, be able to see whether you're being pickpocketed or to keep an eye out for that. Yeah, great tips, great tips. Um, So one of the things that, you know, we've also heard about and some folks talk about um, around the holiday season is the fact that um, there's an increased rate of suicides around the holiday season. Um, Do you have any, you know, information on that or can can you kind of verify um, what the stats are for us? Yeah, so that's actually a myth that suicides increase around the holidays Um, As statistically, this season has the lowest rates, but you know what? It's like still very gloomy outside. There's a lot of financial and family stress, and D.C. is a fairly transient area, so it can get a bit lonely around the holidays, so it's good to practice that self-care. Be especially kind to yourself and let yourself out to get some sunshine, exercise, eat well, all those recommendations. Yeah, definitely. Keep an eye out on your neighbors and, you know, Mm -hmm. show those D.C. values that, uh, Mayor Bowser so proudly has built her administration around. And thanks for sharing all that info, Natalie. Um, there's definitely a lot of events going around being the nation's capital. Um, you know, we have the Christmas tree lighting um, and all the holiday markets in the area. Um, so is there anything in particular that our, lis- our listeners should keep in mind when they find themselves in a large crowd? 
Yeah, so district law enforcement does a great job in keeping us safe at these events and they're very well prepared, but there are a few best practices that we can follow in case anyone ends up in a crowd panic situation. First of all, try to stay calm and always listen to the directions of law enforcement. If you're in a panic situation, try to move with the crowd to avoid being camp um, trampled and try to find cover if possible. If you're in the center of the crowd, see if you can work your way to the edges where there's less people. And try to find non-traditional escape routes so you don't get cut off at choke points where a lot of people move in at once. But again, law enforcement is always on the lookout, so we're in good hands. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Natalie. We have a great group of law enforcement partners here in the nation's capital. So any general recommendations or anything you want our listeners to know about winter this year? Yeah, so, you know, everyone's been outside. It's a bit chilly out there, and it can be extra tough for some of our residents here. Um, If you do come across some of our neighbors facing homelessness in this weather, make sure to save the number 202-399-7093 into your phone so you can have a direct way to reach out to the DC shelter hotline and you can request transportation for our neighbors to get to a warm place. Again, the number is 202-399-7093 or you can call 311 to reach out to the shelter hotlines to help our neighbors get to a safer, warmer place. Yeah, that's definitely a great thing to point out. We got to make sure we uh, take care of our neighbors here in the district and help everyone have a safe and happy holiday season. For sure. Awesome. Well, thanks for tuning in today. And thanks to Jesse and Natalie uh, for taking some time to talk with us. We appreciate all the information and tips. um, And we hope that you, our listeners, um, are able to practice this good cyber hygiene as the season advances. If this topic specifically interests you, the NTIC has products for the public about physical and cybersecurity for the holiday season. um, And that's all available on ncrintel.org. Again, that link will be mentioned in our bio for today's uh, episode. Similarly, you can also follow HCMA on Twitter and LinkedIn for all my social media users um, to get more information about the Fusion Center, agency updates, um, products and tips and information um, that we'll share throughout the season. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Muriel Bowser, Mayor of Washington, D.C., and the District of Columbia Homeland Security and Emergency Management Agency.